0: All right, welcome. It's Jeff Mayhew. It's John Beatty. It's politics and parenting, where we talk about politics, but we talk about it differently. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, Jeff. How are you? I'm good. I'm tired. It's Sunday, but I am I am kicking and alive. So that's that's always yeah. I, you need <laughs> yeah. a you need a weekend to recover from the weekend.
1: That's I need a show. weekend. Yeah, with all the kids, man. <laughs> That's, uh, we had some, we had some moodiness. Um, Our oldest is about to become a teenager and uh we're starting to see the signs, as they say. So, um, you
0: know, the sign, when, when does teenagers start? Right. Cause like, I don't I know. know. I, just, I just think it's 12, like uh, 11, 12, I, not really 13. <laughs> I think it's, it's like uh,
1: they're getting their independence and they're kind of upset that someone else is, has power over them and is wielding power over them that they don't appreciate because mm-hmm. it kind of started when we had to fold some laundry and then it sort of spiraled out of control from there until cleaning dishes and um, you know just probably also growth spur going on so it's a a, a, a uh, statement that, that they're very tired so
0: you know you know what you know what that is you know what I talk about a lot that's a transition phase and transitions transition. Are, are are difficult because like you just talked about they have new independence. And mm-hmm. they are, they want to wield that independence, which is really kind of power, but they don't actually have as much power as they think or want at the time. So that right. it's, a, it's about setting new rules and new expectations and new habits and all those type of things. It's like starting over. And we, we kind of do it all, all the time. Don't we, as humans
1: <laughs> begin and begin again. Yeah. yeah. So uh, speaking of um, new starts, new expectations and things, were you uh, awake Saturday at like one or two in the morning,
0: uh, I was uh, I was actually not awake.
1: I was asleep, like a, like a responsible United States citizen.
0: Like a, yeah, you know, like a, like somebody who has a family and has to get up at six o'clock in the morning to take care of their children. I was asleep, um, but I did see the results. Uh, it got me writing early in the morning. <laughs> no, but, what were you talking about?
1: You got to uh, let me guess. I bet you're thrilled that uh, McCarthy got through. Uh, with, that people co um, gave up or got what they wanted, and uh, we got a new speaker, and that we can get through. We can start harassing people with uh, with house, house oversight.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. So McCarthy obviously he was able to outlast Gates. Gates really didn't have like what was Gates' in plan, right? Like who is Gates right. going to? as Speaker, if it wasn't McCarthy. Um, The whole thing with Gates, I mean, he was just, he's just a child, you know, you know, throwing a tantrum so he can get attention, which is essentially power. And, Mm. um, you know, he was successful. He, he totally, you know, emasculated McCarthy, which I mean, and maybe that's not a fair word. I'm sure McCarthy doesn't want to hear that he's been emasculated, but uh, it's not the first time I think that somebody could say that, you know, with, with McCarthy and the Mm. way that he's you know, bowed to the different powers, you know, is he really the person we want leading our house? I mean, remember that's our house. Like you and I, we are the people and that is the person leading the house. Oh, uh, I don't know. It's, well, so there, I mean,
1: like talking about what people wrote about it, there was an interesting um op-ed about in uh, early 1900s of um, like 115 years ago, how Canon, the Speaker of the House kind of went through a similar revolt and a lot of concessions were made that actually improved house business so um i think you and i talked last time about like what would be the end result like what what dealings were going on what uh compromises were made and in reality um you know this kind of ties into your your piece about Justin Amash and this tweet he had about how there were zero four amendments to any of these bills in the past 6 years you know, 110 years ago, there was the same kind of speaker fight, and we got a lot of concessions that ended up, perhaps, helping the, the way the house works. So, I mean, you can you can elaborate on this, but it sounds like um, there are better people that might be able to lead the house and and restore the the power to the people.
0: I so I agree. Um, I my piece that I wrote this weekend was it was Justin Amash, right? Uh, he is he's the guy. I mean, I talked about it all last week on the podcast. I wrote article after article. I tweeted. I tweeted. I tweeted. But I am nobody. So nobody hears me. Um, But maybe, you know, we got two years, right? Maybe we see like what Gates did, you know, he did for himself. But what if what if we had 15 to 20 people in Congress by 2024, who had one singular goal of returning power to the people, and they did what Gates did, and they held up the speakership until they got somebody like Justin, specifically Justin Amash in as mm-hmm. Speaker of the House, even you know the fact that he's not even as a congressman. This would be a big deal because he actually cares from what I can tell. He actually understands what his job is and his responsibilities. And he seems like he wants to serve. You know, he's not the flashy salesman, but he is the trusted mechanic. And I think that like we have this republic that is kind of on the fritz. It's, you know, you know, having breaking down every once in a while, you know january sixth you know uh fighting uh november twenty twenty all that type of stuff you know maybe maybe we hire the mechanic to fix it <laughs> at least yeah give it a tune up try to your uh hundred two hundred fifty
1: a year uh my, mileage uh to, what is it the you your, your hundred two hundred fifty year tune up special someone to come in the house, tweak the rules uh give us a nice um uh, remove a lot of the friction replace a few parts i think like that would be that'd be huge um and i think the uh from what i can tell as everyone's pontificating through the past couple uh week about this like it seems that the the speaker of the house kind of took a lot of power over the past couple of years because there's sort of been kind of obnoxious rumps in in uh on issues but i think like what you're talking about is we've seen the power that one person can have or five people can have in terms of um, getting people to stop and to think about this. And, you know, um, we don't know all the concessions and people said, maybe they want all become um, public, but the, what maybe what did transpire in the past week was really good. Um, and we'll see the, you know, the proof will be in the pudding. We'll see what comes out of that, but it could be really good if there's a lot of changes where we can actually debate bills, we can get the 12 appropriation bills rather than an omnibus that everything gets jammed into. Right. Um, you know, so Maybe some good will come out of this.
0: Well, yeah. And 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 think about it this way. I think the incident, right, shows, it shines a light on what our real problem in this country is, which is as American citizens, we're not focused on the right problem. Every four years, we get really upset and frustrated over who becomes president. But none of us are paying attention to who's speaker of the house and who mm-hmm. our representative is. And let me remind you, that is the people's house. The other one, the White House, that's the executive's house. They don't really answer to us. They answer to the states and to the people elected by us, okay, to the speaker. And we're not paying attention to the people we're electing. We're not focusing our attention in our responsibility. And I think this showed shows, hey, look, here's a bunch of people who are acting like children for their own personal, you know, enjoyment or gain or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think I picked up on something here you know, they didn't want to go past ballot 15 because realistically they wanted to go home for the weekend. Let's be real. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he got everything he wanted to get and he was going to go home for the weekend. You know, people that do stuff like this, they're kind of lazy too. So, and they're impatient. So again, 15 to 20 people in Congress with one singular goal and you let it go past 15. You got to let it go past 20. You let it go to a hundred. If you have if the American people actually believe they're going to get something positive out of it, they'll mm-hmm. be patient with you. They'll wait, absolutely, and, and they will absolutely be patient. And no American citizen was happy with what Gates did, right? Because they just they didn't see the point. Because, like I said before, he had no in game. He had no real, you know, uh, viable option other than McCarthy. So put a viable option there, set a goal, and and then go achieve it. It's it it's perfectly it's easy with our system. That's what makes this country great, you know?
1: Yeah, no, it's, um, I think people so often think of like, what kind of the status quo is like, that's the way it's always been. That's the way that it has to be. But, um, you know, we do have our own agency and we do have, uh, there are sort of not unwritten rules, but, you know, you can push, you can push things in a certain way. Um, And especially in a governing body, like, I, I feel like on the school board, um, so many times you think, well, this is kind of what I've been told. This is the way it's been done, but there's a lot of leeway in there. And even if you don't, if you aren't going to be successful, if you're able to push a couple inches towards a goal you've got. And I think the, you know, having a goal of in two years, having someone who cares about returning power to the people in this, as the speaker, I think that, you know, you just, you just gotta be patient and work through that. And, um, our system allows that our system encourages that. And we definitely saw that. saw that the, the, what, what could happen if you, if you, um, applied the right kind of, uh, of, um, not work to, you know, work towards that, but the right kind of, um, of goal setting and, and, right. uh, you know, trying to achieve something.
0: You use, you, you basically, you do what the bad people did, but you do it yeah. for good. Right. I mean, kind of that's what I've learned from reading history. I mean, it's not, it's not the best way to go about things. And sometimes, but sometimes, yeah, you got to like people keep up Jeff, you got to get power to make change. Right. And it's like, yeah, but I don't want to behave like they behave, you know, and then that's kind of the struggle for people like us for a lot of in a lot of circumstances. It's why it makes running for office so difficult, um, which people would say, well, how are you going to get 15 to 20 people elected to Congress? Well, you know, if you if you got something to work for, if you've got a goal and a purpose, it's Mm -hmm. a little bit easier. And then, you know, our organization the madisonian republicans what are we trying to do we're trying to provide free training to our customer base in in our community so they can you know have the tools to run for office where they don't have to fork over you know an arm and a leg for the consultant that the party forces you to buy if you want to be competitive we're trying yeah. to remove the wealth barrier so regular americans can get to office again and we can actually have a say having organizations like that individual inside your communities That's how you get there. You know, we can't do it in every community. What we want is other people to do it in their own communities. Find Mm -hmm. somebody in a, in a small, you know, probably a purple district. Like we have a purple district. That's a perfect where place to actually set up and find an organization with this, this goal of returning power back to the people and then work for it and find somebody that's going to put in the time who's outside of the regular power structure. They can be a teacher, a small business owner, um, anyone really that cares and wants to put in the work and then help them, (laughs) you know, like just help them. (laughs) Well, going this thought I had that just came to me, like we
1: talk about the levers of power, Um, you know, Matt Gates was pulling the levers of power in order to get what he wanted to. And there's nothing wrong with using the levers because they're built there. They're for the purpose. It's like what you said, we're doing, we're trying to, we're trying to help people. We're trying to do it. You know, you would do it for the good rather than for something that is, bad for the country and bad for people in general
0: uh, well i agree with that i i so personally i struggle with the idea of what i decide is good is like what who is that who am i to decide for somebody else what is good right like i don't know i mean when it gets to congress it's a little easy because just like they're so sleazy that it's like all right i know <laughs> even if i'm wrong i can't be as wrong as these guys right now you know <laughs> <laughs> but you know not like know <clears throat> I, t- I tell my wife all the time she's like you already know this and I go I, I don't I don't know anything until I say it out loud and somebody confirms it to me <laughs> You know, like just tell me I'm a tell me I'm right and if I'm not right tell me I'm wrong too so I don't go around sound like a fool <laughs> oh man John so you know Congress is a mess. We've got McCarthy in there, Gates fighting. We want Justin Amash to be the Speaker of the House. It's a legitimate idea I think we should really run with. But in the meantime, there's all these different political organizations and parties that are putting out these ideas, trying to solve the problem that I address in my article, uh, which is the capped house. And one of those solutions to the problems is ranked choice voting. And you sent me an article today on this, um, is rank choice voting a solution to our problems or is it just another problem i think it's just another problem i think it it um it appears like it will
1: solve the problem of and sort of you know asking the question like why do you get crazy people through primaries like that's that seems to be like the problem that rank choice voting is supposed to solve and then maybe why do you get rank if you've got a bunch of crazy people why do you get a crazy person that wins an election. And that's just because, well, no one felt like they had any other choice or because the other choice in their mind was so much worse. So the, the promise of ranked choice voting, at least how I understand it is that you get more options, um, which, you know, that is a, is a capitalist as a consumer. That's always good, more competition. But what happens then is you have more think areas for things to go wrong. And I think that's kind of the hidden problem we're going to see with ranked choice voting um, and you know, like you and I were this primary that was in ranked choice voting and I watched, I went to go observe the counting process and that was crazy. Like you had an army of people and I, I would say they did a really good job trying to organize it. Um, and I know they did a ranked choice voting for the Republican nomination for the governor in 2021. Um, and I, I can't imagine how crazy that was because that's, <laughs> that's statewide rather than a, a district wide, but, um, It's a lot of it's just a tremendous amount of work. And so when the Republicans did our primary, it was all hand counting. They had like two to three people come through and count everything. They wrote down the numbers. You didn't know what the number was when you counted it. If the numbers were off, someone else had to come and count. There's a lot of like checking and double checking. You know, that sounds like the amount of the kind of work that a computer would be really, really good at doing. You just say, like, here, computer, take these ballots and tabulate them for me, please. Because computers are never wrong, as we've discovered. Yeah. Um, but the article I sent you was fascinating because the computer was wrong. Uh-huh. And not because, like, the computer made an accounting error or something, but it just, like,
0: it wasn't, it wasn't given the right set of rules that they were actually using for this. So, wait. So, was the computer wrong or the person that programmed the computer that was wrong? That was wrong? The, computer, the, the person that programmed the computer was wrong. There you go. So, and it wasn't even the computer. It Again, it, wasn't it was an computer. error.
1: <laughs> yeah but but the, the kind of thing like because ranked choice voting is so complicated and like for for them to count our primary you had maybe 50 people in a room going through and trying to do it as as efficiently as possible but also you know as accurately as possible how the heck is someone going to come through after the fact and try to calculate ranked choice voting for a whole district with hundreds of thousands of ballots like that just is, you know that that just seems rife for errors for, on the human aspect so it's a perfect thing for a computer but there's no way to validate the computer but this district in oakland where they had a ranked choice voting for school board they some someone went through and, and validated it and realized that they were off that the the um, votes that they had the rules they had set in place and this is really like this sounds so ticky tack and so minor but when a ranked choice voting you know you you put your first second third choice however many candidates you want and usually the way it works is if you if your second choice is out you know then your third choice moves up so the idea is sort of as people get kicked off your ballot the the, the names move up and then what was your first choice that's out and your second choice is still in that second choice becomes your first choice but they didn't program the computer to deal with like with gaps somewhere so if you didn't put someone in at a specific spot if you didn't have a first choice the computer was kind of like i don't really know but the my understanding from this article is that the rules of the election were where you just kind of sh- you ignore the blank space and you just shift everyone up, but you didn't tell the computer that. And so like literally they've got a person who was certified as winning the election, who's been sworn in, uh, who's probably been uh, in the job for a week, um, who technically didn't win the election based on the rank choice voting um, rules they had set in place. And that was because of, of a, a, a human error in, in um, uh, making sure the machines worked. And you know, like- there's already distrust by a number of people and sort of voting machines and things. I just like this is not good for us to introduce a whole nother area of uncertainty into our electoral
0: process. I, I mean so I, yeah I'm sorry. I, I I agree. Like this is just it's too complicated, right? And and this is what I noticed throughout history is people Manipulate like manipulate rules, and then really smart people write new rules to try to complicate it so the bad people can't manipulate the rules. Mm -hmm. But that's not going to stop the bad people. What it is going to do is it's going to make it more confusing for the individual citizen to understand what's going on, which is not good if you want trusted elections. You need your citizens to understand the process, and ranked choice voting is too complicated. I remember the first time I showed up, I showed up for the Republican primary. or, or I heard about it with the, when Yunkin and I was volunteering and I was like, what are you talking about? Like, this is crazy. And you know, once somebody explained it to me, I was like, Okay, I kind of see it. Maybe this does make sense, but the more I started studying mm-hmm. it, the more I was like, oh no, this is ripe for corruption. Like I'm just like I could think of like three ways to manipulate the process myself. You know, if I was running from office and I had money and we've talked about it on this show already how we could do this and and you throw in the complication, you throw in the errors that happen with with doing that, the fact that the <laughs> citizens don't know what's going on. It's just a bad idea. It, it's it's just another way that really smart people get out of touch with, with the people that they lead, and they don't really know. They're not solving the problem. They're not listening to them, because we're saying, we don't understand who won the election because this process is really complicated, and you're not explaining it to us. And you're saying, hey, here's a more complicated process you have. Yeah. To run. <laughs> so, I mean, I found like for our primary, it
1: ended up being a very positive experience because- People wanted to, like to be everyone else's second or third choice, but at the end of the day, the person who got the most votes in the first round ended up winning it, and it was the same with the um the governor's race. Like, I don't think there was any shifting in in positions for governor, lieutenant governor, or attorney general, if I recall. Like
0: for the for the Republican primary in Virginia, the
1: Republican primary in twenty twenty one.
0: I think there was a little bit of shifting because when when some was it that wasn't a clear outright. I think it went like six seven rounds.
1: I want to say, well, it goes seven rounds because you got to eliminate people until you get to fifty. But I want to say, like, Winsome was in the lead pretty much the whole time.
0: I don't know; it's been so long. And I, can't
1: I really
0: yeah, with you, but um, but I, I like
1: you know, I, I'm pretty, I'm fairly certain Youngkin was in the lead the whole time. Uh, Hung was in the lead the whole time for ours. So yeah. it it never really it mo- didn't move anything, and I don't think even positionally anything changed, if I recall. Um, so like again, like it doesn't. What's the, the problem you're trying to solve? Well. We get candidates we don't really like and who can't win in the general. And, you know, sometimes you maybe it's more just you need to recruit better candidates and uh, give them the the uh, ability to do it without having to bring gobs of cash or uh, establishment connections in order to uh, to win that.
0: You mean to have free and fair elections, you'd actually have to have free and fair elections? Is that what you're saying? Where you actually let low low cost, low cost elections, no free lunch run for office without asking an arm and a leg for them to mortgage their house to be able to do so. I mean, come on. That's crazy talk, John.
1: Well you don't have to mortgage. You just run up like you know fifteen, twenty thousand dollars in credit card debt. And...
0: Oh yeah. That I mean that regular Americans can do that. No problem. Yeah. No problem. No problem. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> um so what is another problem we're facing uh, today, this technology thing, right? And we've talked about it here on t- on, uh, on the show. You know, I'm a big fan or maybe not a big fan, but I'm certainly intrigued by ChatGPT. I do use it a lot. Um, and I was talking to my daughter today and she goes, hey, daddy, um, what's that thing you were, you're, you're always talking about, Chat something? And I go, ChatGPT? And she goes, yeah, some kid at my school is using it. And I was like, oh, Really? he's using it to cheat and she goes no actually he told it to write an essay he got assigned to write an essay for school and he wrote mm-hmm. his essay and then he asked Chat gp to write the same essay and i go i like that kid because he did the same thing i did <laughs> but she said validating I
1: mean, was well, she- validating your, your responses
0: uh, I didn't get to read his uh, article. I don't know. I, I, I asked her to, I was like, Hey, uh, let me see that, you know, <laughs> see if you can get a copy. I want to see what's going on, but no, she, um, but she did say that other kids in our school have been, you know, maybe using it to, uh, to find some answers or do some work mm-hmm. for them that they didn't want. And I think, um, I can't remember if I sent you the article or if you sent me the article, but there was an article, uh, about some, uh, some geometry, uh, uh kids uh doing work and turns out chat gp doesn't know geometry very well does it well apparently it doesn't know arithmetic either like this is the thing with
1: these machine learning models is they don't actually begin because like it's just kind of regurgitating what it like thinks is a related fact Mm -hmm. but apparently like you can ask it some arithmetic questions and it just gets them flat wrong where you and i would know like um, aren't you a computer like don't you know don't you know can you do calculations in your sleep um but, but but again because it's not really understanding the problem it just kind of like it's trying to think of like well the question you asked is kind of related to these i've seen those words related with other things and here's a here's a response that kind of like meshes it all together and makes it sound you know like and you know generally it's pretty reliable because again um you know everything is is very derivative and everything is generally related but like for just like simple you know like for real proofs or something with geometry for arithmetic it just can't do that because that's an actually understanding that that requires to actually understand the problem um and like like, there's a tool called wolfram alpha that's been around for uh, at this point probably 25 30 years maybe even longer um that was actually like a computer program where you could you could type in like english phrases and it would do the symbolic logic and it would try to understand what you're going on it was very powerful um but that's like a different you know that's basically a whole different problem set of trying to like and it's very Anything, if anything, if anything, it's more constrained because it's, it's just math. So if I know I'm just dealing with math, I can throw out all the other crazy things, and I can like understand. If you're asking for pluses, you probably mean uh, arithmetic rather than I don't know. Um, where else would you use plus? I don't know.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I, it, I think it's funny because it sounds like Ch- G, uh, Chat GPT learns like a human being. It, it, and mm-hmm. it and it and it behaves like a human being. Sometimes it's right, and sometimes it's wrong. <laughs> and it thinks it's right because it sees other things, and it you know mm-hmm. it correlates it together. It's kind of how human brains work. It's a little scary, don't you think? We shouldn't have something that acts like a human brain. As long as it can't drive, I think that we're good. As <laughs> I mean, but what what happens when the human brain discovers how to program the computer brain?
1: Well, that's what we do. We do computer program. You mean when the computer brain. When the computer brain programs the human brains?
0: No, when, I, when you I get was... uh,
1: you get the paperclip factories.
0: <laughs> no, like GPT, right? It's now obviously this is a different system. But let's say somebody takes this and they put it online, okay, and they let mm-hmm. it learn for like forty years. Like a human being that's able to take in that amount of information. You know they're going to be wrong a lot less, but they're still going to be yeah. wrong about some things. And now it's very confident about itself, and it starts programming machines to fix things. I don't know. I'm just—it's like a sci-fi not, uh, nightmare. I don't.
1: <laughs> the Matrix,
0: yeah. The Matrix. I mean... Well,
1: I, I mean, well, we don't know. I, I think the thing with all these, um, what's kind of happened with computer advances, and I going like past performance is no indication of pre- future performance. But a lot of these machine learning algorithms um not necessarily not necessarily like this, these neural networks but there's sort of there will be computer advances and then it will sort of hit some edge and then it can't get any further because the algorithm itself is insufficient in certain areas. Um where the hardware is insufficient in certain areas. Like I think one of the one of the challenges with early machine learning algorithms is that just trying to figure out all these trying to think like a human is, is a very massively parallel pro- problem. And um, CPUs, the computing processor, computer processing unit, that's a single threaded thing. Um, and it's sort of like it can fake multi-threading, but really it's just doing one action at a time. And what the sort of the um, the uh, the innovation, if you will, was realizing that, well, you've got these GPUs, graphical processing units, which are highly parallelized. And all they do is just do really simple things where they do millions of them all at the same time. And so you can actually, if you re- rewrite your algorithm to do a million things all at once, you can leverage the GPUs to try try and like guess a couple different, uh, like a lot of different situations and then sort of bring them all back together. And so that was the big hardware change and that was the big software change, but we may come across where there's a limit with that. Um, I mean, like we've had this kind of technology for a while and we still haven't figured out self-driving cars and that could just be a human problem. We haven't quite figured out all the edge cases yet, but that just may be where it is. Like it's only good for 80% of the time and it's only good for, uh, a little cart driving on a specific track in an airport in an airport transporting people back and forth and it can enable like you know it can drive around suitcases and things but it's not going to be good enough for high speed uh freeway driving because there's just so many unknowns unless you ban all the drivers and you know that can
0: well i mean I solve think, all that problem isn't uh is it's is quantum computing is isn't that is that a mm-hmm. term? okay and so yeah. like yeah and that's how you get you just got to make it go faster i mean you just got to well like that would be that, that would be like the going from elevate. the
1: single to the multiple right. yeah that would be going from the single to the multiple cuz again like we're our our computing power is based on zeros and ones like it's either it's on or on off and the the theory behind the the quantum stuff the qubit is that it could be any number of states uh in sort of all at once and that allows you again like that parallelizes your task but in, in, in the problem right now is that if they ever do, if they, I think if they can do like one qubit in their computers, like it burns out the machine and then they got to reset everything. So like, you know, our uh, idea of a transistor going uh, like one little bit of the processor going from zero to one, which a computer will do mil- billions of times a second. Like they at the point, at this point, they can only do like one of those and then they got to reset the whole machine. Like it, it's very nascent, but you know, it, it could move. Um, we'll see kind of like the fusion stuff. They've been working on it for a while and. They're slowly making progress.
0: I'm a firm believer with enough human ingenuity and focus, we can do anything. So I absolutely believe, believe it can happen. I believe we can go to Mars. I believe we can go to Mars in our lifetime. I believe we can put people in on Mars, potentially, or another something at some point in time. I believe we're at a spot in history where, where we're about to take a massive leap forward. That's what I believe personally. But I don't know. Maybe I'm an optimist. Mm.
1: <laughs> you you and everyone who's a US soccer fan
0: well and I, and and I think about the the technology and robotics um and ai and I think that's really important in our space exploration because then we don't have to send mm-hmm. people to do these things we can send robots right. to explore the planet we can send robots to build the infrastructure on mars for human beings to live on so they don't have to be the like the pioneers you know like it's like what we do with regular uh, everyday life we use robots or technology to make our lives easier to make us safer we can do the same mm-hmm. in space everything's kind of lining up together as far as our movement and technology growing together. I just think that's where we're going, man.
1: Don't you, well, I guess what we would have to do is be able to build like our own houses with robots here. I think, you know, get that sort of process going down, perfected here or or get it 80% and then you can send it to Mars. I mean, like I'm thinking you're right. We tend to shape our environment and then we move into it. But like, you know, if you're going to build the house, like there's a lot of still a lot of manual labor that goes into that and a lot of, Someone has to be there figuring out all the problems. And I guess it goes back to the machine learning. You can train a a machine that's able to sort of figure out 80% of the problems. They could, they could, they could on their own build 80% of a structure. And then you just hope there's no, no gaps in the structure where the air leaks out.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. It'll make it easier, even even if you still yeah, have yeah. It'll people. make it easier, yeah. Let's like even if you have two people there to oversee the robots, right? It's instead mm-hmm. of having fifteen people there, you know, right. <laughs> which right. would be a lot harder to sustain over a long period of time with food supplies and all that type of stuff. So, um, and lot, yeah, the long journey. And the long journey. All right, so uh, that was a good episode, John. It's getting a little late. I know there's a football game on or something. The Packers are playing. I go think pack, they- go pack, go pack um my my team the uh the formerly washington redskins formerly washington football team now the just terribly named commanders uh, law the the pigs but they're not in the playoffs so it doesn't matter um the bandwagon is open jeff especially for the playoffs i'm not a bandwagon we
1: gotta we gotta we gotta get to the playoffs and of course like this will come out after the fact so (laughs) <laughs> you, you, either you,
0: with me or you're laughing at me that's fine <laughs> well you'll be at home with me on the you know not <laughs> <laughs> all right well um so one thing i haven't been asking people is if you're listening to the show or you're reading the Substack, please write us a review uh rate us if you go to spotify or apple i think you can scroll down there's like these little stars you know maybe click five if you like the show give us a little bump help us get a little notice um And then also, reminder, we have our first Madisonian Republican meeting on January 21st at Giuseppe's from 4 to 6 p.m. You can go to MadisonianRepublicans.com to register today. Remember to register because we do have limited space. Um, Do you have anything you want to add? You You want to pump there today, John?
1: No, just make sure you, you know, if you really enjoy it, I'm sure you've got a friend who would enjoy it too, you know, bring it up at the... Bring it up in your confidential group chat that no one else sees. Um, you know, bring it up at the lunch table, depending on what it is. I think um, you know, my one of my new year's resolutions this year is to just kind of be a little more of a of an actor, if you will. And you know, not that I'm gonna say anything differently, but just to pretend like, you know, sometimes you just gotta put an effort and uh put on a show, if you will. And so,
0: you know, it's do to back sell yourself. You gotta sell yourself, John. <laughs> That's what the consultants want you to do. Um, right. well, you know what it really is. The cult consultants sell us. That's right. No, it's.
1: I was thinking about this. I was like, because I was I was driving through and I remembered like door knocking through this neighborhood, and um, I'm just like, you know, what the consultants really want you to do is to spend twenty to thirty hours on the phone. No, I'm sorry, ten to fifteen hours on the phone every day calling people. Well, they to raise money, and then you, they farm through their system, and they. Go out and do the door knocking for you and the outreach for you, and you know that's why with seven hundred thousand people in a district that's too big.
0: yeah, got to expand the house. So uh, remember, rate and review the show, uh, like subscribe, share, and remember peace and love.